0: Welcome to RNR Showtime with Robert and Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> um, today's episode, we will be discussing both episodes three and four of Walkin and the Finner Soldier*. Yes. <laughs> um, we, you know, took a little just a quick hiatus last week, so we're gonna, you know, kind of cram these boys together. Um, it was also our feeling that episode three. There was a lot that went on, but our opinions of it were relatively simple. So,
1: yeah, I think and more so episode three, I think pays off in episode four more. So, yeah, I think it, taking on both episodes at once is going to be probably better for episode three in hindsight. Yeah, certainly. Um, So
0: my first impression of, you know, both episodes uh, is that, you know, episode three, uh, and I have mentioned it a couple times in the other ones, is giving me sort of the same sagging kind of feeling for, I was hopeful for the show, and episode three, just, you know, while there were certain points that were really good in it, it's just continuing to not quite deliver what I was expecting. Um, however, going into episode four, I feel like, I don't know... What happened, or you know? I mean, I mean, episode four was amazing, and this is where they really picked it up. And everything, any complaints I had before, have all sort of been resolved in episode four. So that's how I felt about it.
1: Yeah. So episode three for me, I I like watched it, and I just felt, wow. So like, I don't know if I have anything. Zemo, I like Zemo. And Sharon Carter was there.
0: She was there. She was present.
1: Yes. Yeah. And so that's kind of how I felt about that episode. And then I even like the way it ended, which we'll get into, like it, it made one of the characters that I was getting interested in, like seem like I like I didn't think that that was something that their character would do. But then they develop that in such a good way in the next episode that it worked better for me. Yeah. And yeah, episode four. Fucking great. Yeah, just amazing.
0: Um Yeah, so we'll jump right into it. And in the interest of saving time and moving through it a little quicker, normally we go with our own sort of recap commentary, you know, how we saw it. But but Ryan is going to go ahead and just read through the Wikipedia and we might stop and make some comments along the way, but we're, we're just going to give you the, the straight summary from Wikipedia. So
1: episode three power broker Zemo offers to help them stop the flag smashers them, Sam and uh, Bucky and Barnes Bucky orchestrates a prison riot to allow Zemo to escape prison.
0: Yeah. Did he or- organize it? Or what did he, do? what did Bucky actually do? To get him out of jail. I mean, other than I allow think,
1: him to. I, he, he, he says put, he
0: put a card in his book. Is that what he did?
1: He specifies some way to start a prison riot and it shows it. Oh. But I wasn't paying attention. Oh, to no, he it. drops
0: a note that, that that's what it was. He drops a note on some guy's desk while he's leaving uh, that that I think Zemo wrote, which was like, he's going to kill you or something like that.
1: OK. All right. Uh, so they travel to Madripoor. A criminal sanctuary city island, where high-ranking criminal Selby reveals that the power broker hired former Hydra scientist, Dr. Wilfred Nagel, to recreate the Super Soldier Serum.
0: Can I just say Madapore? Pretty cool. Very but I, I I assume that they're going for some kind of like I mean, it's got this kind of like neon sort of vibe in like the high tower city, and then you're like in this lower, it's almost got this weird like sci-fi future kind of vibe. Makes me think of Singapore because I know that they have very lax laws there, but I don't not to say that Singapore is like a criminal place or anything. Just I, you know,
1: I think that was kind of cool. I think this this city is a good way to bring in something that I learned about episode three and four, and it's that they were written by a man named Derek Colts Colstad, who is notable for also being a creator of the uh, John Wick franchise. So if you get John Wick vibes from these episodes, it's because.
0: Yeah, I, I definitely, wow, that's, it's interesting that he would write that, right? Where he, you know, his, you know, claimed, I don't know if he's done other things, but his claim to fame is literally, you know, the best action shooter series potentially ever, you know, literal creator of gun and a criminal underworld or, you know, and stuff. So he's like, all right, cool. I wrote a scene, I, I wrote, you know, an episode that's literally about a criminal underworld. And...
1: <laughs> but yeah, so we get, a, uh, uh, selby is killed when wilson's identity is exposed and every bounty hunter in madripoor targets wilson barnes and zemo that specifically is like the john wake moment where mm-hmm. all of the other ba- bounty hunter assassins get the text this is the person yeah like go kill yeah
0: yeah and they're just walking around they're just like this isn't good as they lo- look at guys that are all looking at them literally like cro- like you know fingers across the throat like i'm about to come kill you like and they're just like waltzing through the town it does make me you know understand that i mean we already knew bucky was kind of a badass but like sam straight up is not even like he i mean they're trying to get out of there but he's just not tripping too he's like oh this is not good i'm like dude it's very not good you are surrounded by like you you aren't bulletproof like they'll just shoot you
1: gotta love Zemo's swagger he's just like yeah we're about to die but not me (laughs) yeah
0: just uh, you know we'll we'll talk about zemo at the end but you know this that is just one of the many scenes that paint zemo to be uh, like the the standout character from episode three, uh,
1: absolutely. And then uh, the Selby character don't get a lot. We get like some bar scene. It's okay. Um, uh, Bucky has to do the Winter Soldier routine, but I mean that's just fighting. So
0: yeah, but I mean it's it all plays into this sort of like you know this uh this play between Zemo and Bucky where, you know, he, you know, he's supposed to be playing the, you know, they go to Madripoor and they're all in these criminal disguises and, and, you know, Bucky's criminal disguise is simply the winter soldier. And, you know, Zemo is almost, you know, uh, Zemo's playing with it. You know, yeah. he's, he's using it. He, I mean, he knows that, you know, Bucky, you have to act like the winter soldier. And like, what is the winter soldier doing here if he's not under control? Yeah. And so, you know, puts uh, Bucky in a position where he has to, you know, let loose and be the winter soldier again, even though he's clearly trying to distance himself from that.
1: Yeah. So Sharon Carter, who has been living as a fugitive on the island, saves the trio and direct them to Nagel's lab. They learn that which is um, uh, which is located like in like this like a uh, shipping yard shipping container yeah literally inside of a yeah. shipping
0: container that's made to look like shipping containers, but it's really some sort of secret facility within.
1: And yeah, so they find his lab and there they learn that he created 20 total doses of the serum, which Morgenthau, Carly stole all of. So mm-hmm. we, I believe there are seven like soldiers that we that are like established having the serum, mm-hmm. which meant that there was another 13 vials of serum, mm-hmm. give or take the bounty hunters attack them. Like they all come out and, uh, we get a lot of scenes of Sharon fighting them off. Yeah, giving and
0: Sharon the moment to establish that she is a total badass.
1: But w- once Sharon gets down there, she um, uh, what runs into them when Zemo kills Nagel in the chaos, and then like a missile's like fired at the container, and they're kaboom, and they're all like,
0: "Wow, let's get out of here!"
1: Yeah, and so Zemo then. Sort of runs off a little bit and uh, basically blows like a gas vein or something and like causes a giant explosion, saving everybody. Mm-hmm. And then he goes and he finds a car and then is the getaway vehicle for everybody. So mm-hmm. big, cool Zemo moments in this scene. Yeah. Carter stays behind and Wilson promises to get her pardon, which I mean, we didn't even get into the whole Sharon scene of her having been basically punished in punished for her participation in the Civil War without getting any of the cover pardons that everyone else got. It's like she was just sort of forgotten. Yeah, Yeah. about
0: just like all of us literally forgot about her IRL. I'm like, oh, yeah, Sharon Carter was in that movie, wasn't she? Like
1: (laughs) she was in two of them. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, so Sam's promising to get her pardoned. We'll see what happens there. So then we see the Flag Smashers raid and bomb a uh, GRC storage facility in Lithuania, where uh, even one of Carly's like allies sort of like questions her decision to bomb the place. With people inside. Yeah. Yeah. People, so theoretically, workers for the GRC, the bad guys, but it's still a decision that she makes. Yeah. Uh, while Zemo, Barnes, and Wilson search for them in Latvia, and at the end of the episode, we see uh, Bucky confronted by Ao, a member of Wakanda's Dora Milaje.
0: Yep, that's episode three.
1: Episode four: The whole world is watching. Ao gives Barnes eight hours to use Zemo before the Wakandans take him for having killed their king T'Chaka. Zemo helps to find Carly at a funeral for her adoptive mother, where uh, Walker and Hoskins. Uh, what's it, what's Captain America's first name?
0: Oh. Uh, what is his first name? I can't remember. Because
1: I have him as Walker, and then yeah. Lamar's Hoskins is his friend, so Lamar yeah. is the first name. John Walker. John. All right. John and Lamar intercept them. Mm-hmm.
0: So uh, one thing that we sort of like it. I mean, the summary didn't really mention it. Was that uh, you know, we get this interesting flashback with Bucky and Ao to his time in Wakanda. Yeah. Um, that you know we can talk more about it later, but it that's a you know really excellent scene. Um, that, I don't know, it Just it, again, we're just continuing to paint this picture with Bucky. But yeah. I
1: like. So this came at the beginning of episode four, yeah. Mm-hmm. It, and yeah, this recap didn't really touch on that, but that's a good thing to point out. So, but yeah, so they're going to track down Carly and when they have the place and location to go to, we get Captain America, who I didn't mention in episode three, you actually see him... Like finding out about Zemo being broken out. And then he gets the idea that uh, Sam and Bucky busted him out. And he's correct in learning that. So Sam speaks with Carly alone and attempts to persuade her to end the violence, but an impatient uh, Walker intervenes and a fight ensues.
0: You know, you almost like. You almost kind of know that this is going to happen. You can see this kind of setup coming, but but it's it's it makes you feel like as you're watching, like you can see that Sam is really getting through to her, and you see that John's getting impatient, and you're like you're like just give him a moment, you know. Kind of, it's like one of those tense moments where almost as an audience, you kind of you, you know you know more than what they know, and you're just you know like you know that it's almost going to go wrong. Like we know that it's not going to end up the way it is because it has to, right? Like we have to give this moment for John to mess things up. And, you know, for, for Sam to almost be, you know, I don't know if the words vindicated where, you know, where like, he, you know, I was almost through to her, like you, you messed this up, like, come on. And it, this also just adds to this kind of like stacking, I don't know, this John stacking feeling of not measuring up as captain America, you know, like we've already seen him essentially kind of fail in multiple regards. Like it's not that he's not trying and he's not continuing to do things and, you know, it, it, He's trying to do I don't know the right thing, and you know he's trying to pursue this terrorist, but but really he keeps coming up with nothing at every, you know like when he goes to help uh, Sam and Bucky on the truck, I mean he you know he's just really not able to do much. I mean he does kind of save them, but not is isn't able to complete the mission. You know they they break into this uh, you know p- potential uh, holding place for the Flax Masters, and I think episode two. And the guy just says, "Get out of here. Nobody cares." You know, like, you know, do you know who I am? You know, yes, I know who you are, and I don't care. Like, you know, again, just being spurned as Captain America, someone who was a symbol even around the world, not just you know in America. And again, this just further adds to it. They couldn't, you know, pick up on the lead then, so they've come to follow Bucky and and uh, uh, Sam here. And now it's, you know, Walker, you wait and stay here. I'll go handle this again. I'm Captain America, right? John thinks I'm supposed to be the one that's doing this. I need to go in there and arrest her. I need to go do this. And to go in there and just get totally blown away and have ruined it, um, it's just another blow to John.
1: Yeah, and we we get even more of these blows to John going through this episode. What I actually found more interesting in this scene rather than John's impatience was the The way that uh, Sam and Carly play off of each other like in their like conversation, I actually think is really effective. Mm-hmm. It's probably one of the better scenes of this uh, of this show that I've seen thus far, at least in terms of like characters and like dialogue wise as opposed to like action scenes.
0: Yeah. I've complained about the writing, and I stand that in those first few episodes, it was in a lot of ways weak. but, that, that scene truly was actually some good dialogue, definitely an interesting interaction to watch and view. It seemed real and kind of, you know, more real and genuine than, than other interactions I've seen and been a little disappointed with, so.
1: Indeed. And so in, in the course of the uh, fight breaking out, Zemo is able to destroy most of the serum vials when he uh, shoots Carly and causes her to drop the serum vial she had. And he's able to destroy most of them until uh, Walker shows up, apprehends him, and finds the last vial, which he secretly takes for himself.
0: You know, I just remember thinking, I was just like, why is she pulling all the vials out? Like, why is she pull, like, I just remember thinking, I was like, I mean, obviously it just had to be the setup and stuff. But I was just like, this is just not smart. Why would you just take all the vials by yourself? Like, I would leave some of them there and go take like four. Like, were you going to literally go use every one of them? Then why didn't you, Why wasn't that the next thing you did? You know, how how irresponsible? Like, <laughs>
1: well, she wasn't expecting to get into a fight at a funeral.
0: Yeah, I mean, whatever. Still irresponsible. I wouldn't have done it. I would be a way better terrorist than her.
1: Maybe. So, uh, as they're, as uh, Sam, Bucky, Walker, and Lamar all recoup, on the situation. Also, Zemo's there. Uh, AO and the Dora Milaje come for Zemo, but Walker refuses to hand him over. And in the ensuing fight, the Dora Milaje humiliate Walker. Is that's what Wikipedia says and Zemo escapes?
0: I mean, yeah, basically, I mean, that's that is essentially what happens. They show like again, this is another moment for Captain America oh, you know, I'm a badass, like I have the shield, like, and, you know, and Walker is like a pinnacle of men as far as like athleticism and and capabilities, but these, you know, and not to speak any less of women, but I mean, I bet in his mind, these women that, you know, from some African country, you know, he, I don't know if he's even aware of what Wakanda is or he cares, they just come in there and whip his ass, like they whip Captain America's ass, like, and just toss him around, like he is not, you know, cannot stand against them and they have him you know like dead to rights like where they could have just stabbed him and killed him if it wasn't for bucky and sam stepping in to stop them
1: and even then like i'm pretty sure that aos that they still won yeah
0: yeah ao deactivates uh you know bucky's arm like rendering him just i mean like at least half as useful and and you know they basically could have beat sam if i wanted like
1: and i think this scene sort of like leads into this uh this uh really uh, I think good character scene for Walker where he's talking with uh, Lamar about how about whether or not he would take the serum if he could and talking about like some like regrets he has about whether or not he's always making the right decision and I think it, it it's really they're really trying to get us to like feel for this guy as a human being yeah because like we're already cued in to think that this guy is bad, but they're trying to make him like as like relatable or human as possible.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I mean, I think they're doing a good job. I'm actually, I've really been feeling it. There's a lot of decent setup in the first two episodes, but I now think we're getting delivery on it as these episodes go through.
1: All right. And then, so next up, uh, Carly threatens Sam's sister, Sarah, to basically get him to uh, meet with her so she can uh, attempt to persuade him to join her. Uh, He want she wants to meet up alone, but Sam brings Bucky along and he's quite upset that like she went through his sister and they're having another conversation this time. It's not going as well as the first conversation. It's a little more antagonistic. But before they can really get anywhere in what they're talking about, uh, they find out that uh, uh, Walker and Hoskins are engaging other members of the Flag Smashers, leading to another fight in which uh, in which Morgenthau accidentally kills Hoskins. So there's there's stuff leading up to that. So they
0: so uh, one previously Sam had asked Sharon to, you know, like look after, you know, keep an eye on Walker and she's the one that alerts Sam while he's having the conversation with uh, Carly that, you know, Hey, like I know where Walker's at, he's at this location and they kind of put a little, some, you know, some clues together that not only is she trying to talk to him, but they're also kind of, they're, they're going, they're going after Walker now. Like they're going to, you know, go kill him to make an example. You know, she, she says so much in her conversation, like, you know, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to kill you, Sam. Like I want to, you know, like something like, I think she wants to, you know, I want to send a message or something like and uh so you know Sam and Bucky immediately kind of start to try and like go to help Walker and Carly engages with them they you know make that movement go there um you know Lamar it, you know moves ahead and, and the flax measures kind of take him and they knock him out I don't know if they were trying to use him as a bait or if they were just not they just wanted to put him away and not deal with him you know because I mean they could have just killed him then if they really wanted to kill him uh but so either they did use him as bait Or they just weren't even trying to kill him. Their target really was just Walker. Yeah. Um, And uh, yeah, I mean, they get into an ensuing battle, and you know, Walker, once he starts fighting, I mean, he holds his own. It seems uh, I'm like he literally, you know, blocks punches and he throws his shield into a concrete wall. And we basically, you know, see and Bucky and Sam do arrive to assist him. They all kind of get into a battle together, but we see Walker displaying. Superhuman strength, and yeah. it is we essentially get a confirmation um, that he took the serum. Yeah, you know, which which we all sort of suspected he would, especially after that that conversation between him and Lamar, where Lamar almost, you know, without knowing in, in, that he has the serum, like he approved
1: of and encouraged the the practice to do so. Yeah, and said that it wouldn't corrupt him because he is a good guy. Mm-hmm, yeah.
0: And during this, you know, battle with multiple Flag Smashers, Bucky, Sam, um, you know, Carly shows up and she rushes, uh, Walker with a knife, uh, and as she is rushing him with a knife, Lamar literally leaps in the way, you know, to defend his friend and Carly just, you know, full punch smashes him right in the chest and slams him against a, you know, a, a concrete pillar and bam. I mean, we can assume that just broke his neck spine and Lamar is dead and it was, Definitely kind of a moment where you're like, oh man, like I almost, I almost felt it kind of coming too. like, there's, there's a lot of this episode where you almost like feel it maybe coming. You can kind of see where the, where things are leading, but man, to see it like, and and up to this point, Lamar has been painted as like a pretty like decent guy. I mean, you know, he's been supportive of his friend. He's been very reasonable when he's talked, like when he's had his interactions with Sam and Bucky, he's, you know, it, it's just Lamar's been like a salt, like he's like a good friend. He's been like a good buddy to John Walker Um, and a decent guy overall. So just seeing him just get bam, like smashed, like the only guy that, I mean, Sam's also not super, but he's dealt with supers
1: before. So maybe he just knows how to protect himself. He, I think his like soup, his, uh, wings are probably serve as like an armor at times. Yeah. And, uh,
0: and, you know, also just to see it happen, like Lamar was literally defending Walker, like, you know, trying to stop him from getting, you know, killed and just not knowing that
1: Walker had the serum and probably would have been fine.
0: Yeah, exactly. You know, just trying to do what he you know was supposed to do being his uh his uh his uh partner's uh you know uh psychic or whatever or, you know his 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 partner whatever
1: his partner yeah
0: um but yeah no that was in a, you know and walker like the whole fight just stops and everybody just walked and walker walks over and you know there's this idea that maybe uh, we i kind of get this idea where it confirms that maybe they didn't even want to kill hoskins like he was they were kind of just going to leave him alone because everybody oh, stops yeah
1: yeah yeah It's like a, and it's a character moment for Carly having, like at this point, like killed the person.
0: Yeah. You know, directly, not just, uh, you know, bombing, you know, people inside a building, but, you know, killed a guy. And yeah, we see everybody just stop and Walker's like, you know, hey, get up, man. Get up. Come come on, come on, come on. And you just see him like sort of that denial, the denial, the denial. And as it's finally setting in and everybody starts to scattering, like Sam and Bucky, you know, they go after uh, Carly. And then, you know, Walker, he just really turns around. And leaps out of a window, like to get outside where the you know flag smashers are heading to and sees one of them running, keeps going after him. And uh, you know, Bucky and, and Sam, they kind of take a different direction and they make it outside. And we have Walker just chasing this flag smasher through the city. People are seeing them, they're they're just smashing their way kind of through people, um, until you know, finally he, I don't know if he hits him with a shield or he get, you know, he basically gets the you know the jump on him, knocks him down, and then right in the middle of this town square, this plaza, just in a, in a rage, you know, in a, in a rage over his friend being killed. And we can, you know, even see that all these other things that we mentioned before stacking up these humiliations, these, you know, insecurities about himself as captain America, all just coming to a culmination as Walker takes it out on, you know, one of the flag smashers, he lifts captain America's shield and he smashes, um, you know, off off screen, we don't get to see it, but we get the point. He smashes this guy's face into the concrete with the Captain America shield.
1: Uh, Not sure if it's face,
0: face, chest. I mean, whatever, like in my head, I'm thinking face. I think he like mutilated that guy's face. Like, you know, he certainly he uses the shield like a blade.
1: Yeah, that's why, like. Like when he when he is holding the shield and is about to come down, I'm like, are they is he going to decapitate the guy? And then it looked like it went lower than the neck to me mm. when he came down. So like it was like he was like stabbing into the into his chest or something.
0: Yeah. And you just get him. I mean, and multiple times, like, to you know, not just to knock this guy out, but he kills this guy in broad daylight, surrounded by people.
1: Yeah. The, the outside appearance is that he chased this man down and. And the man's running away and like he's not like posing in a threat there's no like attacking back or fighting back and they don't know that this guy's a super serum i mean they don't know captain america is either yeah but he's just chasing this guy down and kills him while he's cowering for his life while he's
0: screaming it wasn't me it wasn't me you know like yeah and yeah he kills him in full view just, you know, like and you can see in his face, like he's just kinda like lost it a little bit. And as he brings his shield back up, he's almost in a daze, like kind of like wobbling a little bit as he picks the shield up. And people are just filming, watching a whole crowd. Sam and Bucky are there, Carly's in the crowd as well, and she's even a little bit appalled, which again, you, you literally just killed his partner, like, you know. Well,
1: she's afraid.
0: Yeah. Um, and uh yeah, I mean it's it's definitely just a uh, you know, uh, uh, an excellent way to end the this episode. Definitely giving us,
1: yeah. We end with the image of uh, Captain America with the bloody shield.
0: Yeah, you know, with blood on his shield, and it's just, it's, it's like, you know, this this image like just gives you this like sense, and you you just know what's kind of you know you have this idea of what's coming um, in the future. I don't know. It was it was just excellent. This is a good episode four. If WandaVision's episode four was amazing, and those first two episodes were kind of eh, like this is like. Yeah, this is what I was looking for. I, I'm we're very happy with that episode and now and now all the other episodes are kind of a little better for how they've led to this.
1: I, I would agree there.
0: All right. All right. So that's pretty much uh, the recap of both episodes. Um now we're gonna get some talking points and and for this one I think we're gonna focus on and we're gonna go a little bit character by character because I think there's a lot to discuss on each of the sort of the main characters we we're, we're seeing in the series now. Across these two episodes and sort of how they developed, or you know, how we're just feeling about each of them. And I think we'll start with Sam.
1: Yeah, Sam. So, what's interesting about these last two episodes is we get in both of them, we get a tiny little bit of his sister who was completely absent from episode two, as I recall. And so we get. We get these sort of like little reminders of what Sam of this other priority that Sam has to deal with and remember. And it just sort of like humanizes him, ties him back to a reality outside of this and makes us hope that nothing happens to him and that he's able to get through this and get back to his sister and fulfill the promises he made to her.
0: Yeah, and, you know, in in both of those little instances, we get a a cut of his sister also. We're getting, I'm getting this, uh, you know, feeling where they're kind of, like, making it, like, she's getting roped into Sam's life almost. Because in both instances, it's basically a phone call. And the first phone call is she calls him to discuss things about the house while he's supposed to be in a character, and he has to answer it out loud. Um, And, you know, now it's like she's sort of interrupting his, you know, like, the sort of life he's living. And the second one is when Carly has contacted her and says, you need to deliver a message to Sam. And, and, you know, then he, you know, she relays it to him and finds out this and, and how she's basically threatening her life and everything. And it's in her know,
1: family's life.
0: Yeah. So we're, we're seeing how, like what, you know, Sam's doing is, you know, what she, she obviously called and affected him in the first one, but yeah. how he almost is affecting her in the second one. Where and you know and and she is just a regular person like she doesn't want to be involved in this stuff and and it, you know I can I I can assume that Sam probably takes a little some measure of guilt you know that he's he is bringing her into somehow you know that that what he's doing is affecting her um and I like you know separate of his sister but just something about Sam is that I like in these episodes we're getting more painted just. For me, the feeling that Sam should have been Captain America. We just see him really, I think, living Steve Steve's sort of ideals. That Steve was like a super soldier. You know, he was the first. You know, the first Avenger. You know, the first super soldier. This this you know superhuman guy that you know could have done anything. Could have abused his power and always held himself to a higher standard. Always believed in the best in people. Always you know believed that we could do it together. That there was a peaceful way. You know, wanted to you know, like really what everybody that watches the movies would assume is he, he tried to live the highest ideals and that Sam doesn't even try to really live the highest. Ideals. It's just what he believes. You know, he, he doesn't want to kill people. He doesn't think it's okay to to kill. Obviously he does it, you know, he battles and, and things, but most of the time he's not, he's just not, that's not what he's out for. You know, he wouldn't have agreed with breaking out Zemo if, you know, he, he understands that that's, it was a means to an end, but you know, he was like, you're going back to jail afterwards and he's never been okay with Zemo and in interacting with him you know he's never you know uh, uh, allowed it to be something that was okay uh, you know but it, you know maybe a little bit of greater good but that's also him working with Bucky I think Bucky is kind of more like a get it done how we need to you know he's like a reformed winter soldier so he you know he used to be on the other side of the law um, and I think that's the good cop bad cop interaction is that Sam is like a, you know genuine trying to do the best thing guy Bucky also trying to do the best thing just in more he's more willing to get dirty to do it yeah. Um, and I and I like this. Uh, we're continuing to build and see Sam, you know, just be what what the story in these last two episodes has done is show not tell me that Sam is a really good guy. And and they always painted the picture out. But I think we're just getting to see a lot more of it. And I really like it.
1: Yeah. And I to sort of add to that. I think the ways that we get Sam's character characterization as a Captain America figure most fleshed out are with his interactions with first Sharon where he is like really just trying to like uh, make it up to her because like he recognizes like she was done dirty and sort of forgotten about Mm -hmm. and he feels guilty for what he the role he had to play in what's happened to her in her life and the presumed suffering she's had being separated from her family for years even through the course of the blip. Cause I, I think the understanding is that Sharon probably didn't get blipped and she's been living this life the entire time. Yeah,
0: no, I, th- I think that that she basically, yeah. So cause that she's been, you know, setting up contacts and stuff all this time. That's
1: yeah. And that, so we get like, he, he genuinely seems regretful and wants to make it up to her. And then with Carly, again, I talked about those scenes earlier, but on the Sam's side of things, like he is, like such like he's such a good person that you believe that he can reach Carly. just the way he like breaches the conversation with her. like he's able to let her put her guard down in a way that we I wouldn't have expected Carly to do so easily. Mm-hmm. but Sam's that kind of person.
0: Yeah. I mean, and because Sam was just being genuine, he was connecting with her on a real level. He, he literally said like, Hey, I, I basically agree with you. You know, I agree with you on a lot of these things. Like things aren't okay, but he's just communicating like this, but you're going about it the wrong way. You know, like killing's never the option. Like, you know, again, just this absolutely noble idea that he could agree with the, with the regular people. And I mean, I think this goes back to a lot, you know, again, just goes back to like Steve. I think there was, multiple moments and you know I can't pick any of them out just particularly but where where you'd have Steve kind of in this dialogue with maybe like Tony or with you know other individuals like in, in Winter Soldier where he's you know he's he's basically preaching like you know hey like you know you might you might think that this is how it is but like this this isn't right you know and I you know I, I can only do what's right like that's all I can do and this is kind of Sam in that same moment he's he's like hey you know what? I agree with doing the best thing for what's good for people, but we have to do what's right here and it's not right to kill people like innocent people. And, and yeah, I mean like, and also just this little, this charisma, like this inspiration, like Sam's all, is a little inspiring in in uh, you know, his conversation with, with Carly. Yeah. And I mean, that's, you know, how we would, you know, again, that's how, what we want out of our captain America. We want him to be inspiring. We want him to give us all hope that, you know, we can over overcome, these, you know, dark and terrible things, but, but in the best possible way.
1: Yeah, so let's go. I think we can go to Bucky next, Mm -hmm. which you already touched upon the um, uh, well, you had mentioned the flashback sequence with uh, AO back in uh, Wakanda, where he's basically at the end of getting broken of his winter soldier programming, and we watch him. Uh, we watch Ao read off his uh, his command words, and once she finishes it, is that he is able to resist the call, and he doesn't he doesn't revert to the Winter Soldier, and he's like it's this breakthrough moment, and it it it's something we never saw before, and it instantly makes it makes the character that appeared at the end of episode three matter more because when we first see this character, it's just a Wakandan soldier who we don't really know. But once we get this flashback, we see, Oh, Bucky has a connection to this person. Bucky has a specific connection to this person. And that makes this person, uh, it makes it matter more when she shows up and reminds him of what happened. But then we also have the, uh, like you said, the Bucky being the bad cop where we got the him breaking or helping to break Zemo out and to basically sort of convince Sam to go along with breaking the law to get what they need.
0: Yeah. I mean, so the the interact what what I'm getting, you know, the development of like Sam across this is kind of like this really letting us see how noble of a guy he is what the sort of the characterization i get with bucky is that we are seeing a man who who's a pretty stoic i mean bucky is like very you know like plain faced and doesn't really give us a lot you know and you know directly but we are seeing uh, so many moments of a, of a of a man who is broken and sort of trying to recover like trying to heal and and having to continuously face his past and the past almost trying to drag him back and always like him trying to take, you know, a step forward and then being, you know, dragged a little bit back. Um, and with, you know, Zemo, not only, you know, he's he's willing to do these kind of like dirty things, but, uh, but again, th- it's, I want to do something good. And that's the Bucky trying to move forward with life, but his, you know, way of doing things, not always the greatest. And that's like maybe the winter soldier kind of coming back. Winter soldier would just do whatever he had to to complete the mission. Yeah. Obviously, Bucky has a little bit more morality now. He won't, you know, just do anything, but, but uh, and then Zemo is, you know, w- we think that Z- uh, that Bucky's been making strides, but Zemo in episode three takes multiple moments to kind of you know, just fuck with Bucky, you know, like to try and drag him back down to try and remind him of what he did almost to put him back in that position. He steals the, you know, his um his little black book and, he, you know, re- reads off one of the names and then calls it out exactly what the, the book is. He puts Bucky in a position where he not only has to assume a persona of the Winter Soldier again, but literally has to like live it out. He, he forces him, um, though, though. I mean, maybe the situation, you know, called for it somewhat. But but I mean, it could have been, you know, done some other way. But Zima wanted to put him back in that position. And he mentions to Sam in Episode three, you see how easily he falls back into, you know, again, I'm paraphrasing. here. Easy, you see how easily he falls back into uh, his old ways, you know, really trying to, like, show Sam, like, haha, you know, even though he, this guy thinks he's moved on, he hasn't. The first interaction he has with Bucky when he comes is to start saying the words. Yeah. And again, just to taunt him, like even if he if he n- understands, like, oh, you're yeah, you got him past it now, sure. All right. But you know, taunts him with those command words that he controlled him directly with previously. Yeah. And so we, you know, we get all these moments where we're kind of uh, where we're shown like the ways that Bucky maybe is weak, but then um we see this that beautiful moment with AO in the flashback where she is reciting the words slowly and and you know and he even asked like are you sure you know we should do this like you know his hesitation that because he doesn't you know he he's clearly been so abused i mean the way that they programmed these things into him was like through constant abuse and torture and like manipulation and drugs and things um and it was such like a i mean strong like literally words would just trigger him into a whole different mind state and that clearly he i mean whatever he went through in wakanda you know was not easy and we're just seeing this this moment of him like you know, this recovery, he cries, you know, as he's flashing back, hearing the words, like all these things flashing through his head and so much emotion there. You see a man like that's just come through something, you know, after so many years has been released and, you know, is now maybe on that, that is like the moment of Bucky being on the path to truly healing. And we see him now and he has made some way on that path. But, but again, it's like things are just continuously trying to drag him back into it. And so I'm really interested to see more of, how, how this plays out and, you know, what kind of resolution that comes to eventually, like, I want to see Bucky really overcome this even more and move on. And it's just, I mean, it's, it's, they, they definitely humanize Bucky more as well. Like they really just give him more character and I've been enjoying it a lot.
1: Yeah. So, uh, and one of the, one of the things that I noticed about, uh, when Zemo pulls out the little book, he, uh, Mentions the name of uh, the character from episode one, the old Asian man that he wanted to. Yeah, was it Nakashima? Yeah, to make amends with. And like Bucky reacts quite uh, caustically to that. And so I'm interested to see how we get the resolution. Specifically, we're probably going to get, if we're going to get any resolution from this show alone, it'll probably be in the form of him Uh, reaching out to this guy and maybe confessing or just trying to make things right. Or maybe when he gets back, it'll have been too late or something like that. And I just kind of want to see where that little, cause they, they teased it for us. So I'm expecting to get more on that.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or even here's like a, you know, this is like a, a theory Uh, maybe, you know, Zemo saw it in his book. So maybe like Zemo uses that against him. You know, maybe there's like a part of Zemo cause we get, we see him doing this taunting, but maybe he wants to break Bucky again. You know, maybe he wants to revert him back and, you know, prove or something that Bucky isn't, you know, Bucky says that Steve believed in him. Right. And like, he believes in himself because of that kind of thing. He's trying to, almost he's helping Sam in some way to prove to himself that he is the kind of guy that Steve believed in him and maybe Zemo is almost like a foil to that like where he's trying to show no you're not like you are just a killer like and you you can't just wash all that away um and like maybe I maybe he'll go and he'll like kidnap Nakashima or he'll he'll tell Nakashima that he did it and Nakashima will just you know before Bucky gets the chance to say it himself you know where he would have had the absolution uh, Nakashima will have been told by Zemo and, and, you know, spurn him and say, you know, I can't believe you did that. And, and, um, I don't know. This is a theory. Like I could be wrong about that, but I think it'd be interesting interaction.
1: Yeah. I don't, I'm not sure how that would specifically help Zemo, but we'll, I mean, we'll see. So, but do you have anything else to say about Bucky?
0: Um, Oh, um, there was something I wanted to, touch on. I almost, uh, I might, I might come back to it later, but, uh, I kind of forget just this moment. So,
1: all right. Uh, so next I wanted to talk about, uh, let's go Carly. So I mentioned at the top of this recording that there was this, the, uh, the ending of episode three, specifically when Carly, uh, bombs the, uh, GRC that I didn't exactly agree with that as a character choice at the time of watching that episode, but through the course of episode four, I feel like they justified it specifically with uh, Zemo's remarks about how the serum causes people to become supremacists and to have that sort of idea that the power, absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. Like it doesn't matter how good your intentions are you may do bad things and we see her do that. And, but then we get to see her confronted by that, by Sam about that and have her have to consider the fact that maybe what she's doing is supremacist. And I think it's that sort of comment that really speaks out to her. Like, is she is what she's doing right? When he asks her if this is something that uh, her adoptive mother would have agreed with her doing
0: yeah i mean i think we get this like we don't get a ton from carly we get a lot of like seeing her in actions we see her resolve we get a little bit of her motivation that clearly you know she was kind of like this forced refugee sort of feeling and that she's doing this sort of the to the better of all people she's continuing to resolve herself to do what's necessary. I mean, basically like I'm resolving to be a terrorist because this is the only thing that they will listen to. And, um, now I'll say that like, I actually haven't totally, this is one of those points of like writing where I haven't like been very convinced. Maybe it might even be her acting. Like I, I haven't thought her acting has been amazing. Uh, up until I think episode four, episode four, it just seemed like everything worked for me. Uh, like, I, if I had complaints about, you know, like some of the dialogue between Sam and Bucky or between like other people, I thought Carly's was like, not that I wasn't so very into her, but I think everything episode four worked. Um, And I think that interaction between her and Sam really, really did. um
1: Elevate her character.
0: Yes, I think it really elevated her character a little bit. It actually showed me a little more of the that you know, like it, it allowed her to elaborate in like a more of a rhetoric way, where they're discussing you know her her way of thinking about things and having her defend herself. He actually put her in a position where he made her say something, and that was actually that, that moment was almost weak because she immediately like went. She didn't even like seem like she had any actual remorse for what she said. She just like immediately was like, "Wait a minute, you made me say that. I didn't mean it." I was like, "What are you talking about?" Uh, that was like an, a, a weird little moment in that. That interaction I thought was like
1: I uh, think I think it was a moment where a kid got tricked into saying something by an adult saying saying what they really meant and yeah. then being confronted by that because like yeah. we we forget that this is she's a child presumably yeah I mean she's clearly young like yeah, yeah. I mean maybe like early twenties or something um, and- see I. I, I was getting the feeling that she she's meant to be playing like a teenager. Like the actress may be older, but I, I was getting the idea that this is like a teenager.
0: Yeah, may, maybe she is in in any case, like basically, yes, she is youth, youthful. And I think that is even a reason that now like episode four helped me understand that a little better that she is just a young sort of person trying to change the world. And this is her, you know, method to do it uh, and. I think, I don't know, episode four really gave me a lot more to actually, you know, appreciate about her. Um, And I think I got more severity from her. Like, I think from episode three, if her killing those people and blowing them up was a resolution to be willing to do whatever she needed to. I think in episode four, we saw a little more of that rawness. Like, her calling Sam's uh, family was definitely, you know, like, I think I was like, okay, you know, she's she's really to step it up. She's like, I'm going to kill the Captain America now. Like, she's really, like, escalating it now. She's going, you know, and, and she's essentially said so much. So I would think that maybe like her characterization of this point is, you know, like someone like a revolutionary, you know, truly committing to their cause, like just continuously, you know, pushing the boundaries to get what she wants. Uh, And, you know, it's, it's been interesting to see her develop. I haven't quite liked her so much up to, up to this point, but I think I like her more as of episode four. Maybe you have more to comment on, you know, how she's developed. And I, I don't think I had as much to say about her.
1: Well, so episode three, like, like I said, like I, I I bottomed to her character. I liked her enough to say because we get her introduced in episode two and then we get a little bits of her like talking with one of her friends in episode three and then she makes the uh, the sort of switch to being an actual terrorist where she blows up the building and then we get and, and we see her like with the adoptive mother, like as she's dying. And then we get the funeral where she's paying her respects and like giving the eulogy. And so we're still getting these moments to try and like show that she's maybe not too far gone, that she can't be brought back specifically by Sam, presumably. But we also get and I'm going to. It, you you say you don't have a lot to talk about, Carly. I'm going to use this as a way to segue into our next character. We get this one moment in the episode where she's talking with one of her allies and the and one of her other members of the group. And he talks about how when he was a kid, he really looked up to Captain America. Like he bought into the symbolism and everything. And it's just we get these moments like this where we're like her friends are trying to like ground her and bring her back. And it's just a question of whether or not the escalation of her having killed Hoskins and having her partner killed back because of that, whether or not she's going to take this as a chance to change her ways for the better or keep going down this dark path. And the other person on the influx of that is. John Walker. Yeah.
0: May may I? One thing you actually just said right there made me think of something, and I don't know, uh, I'm just not sure here, but I wanted to pose this question. Was the guy who said that he? Yeah. Okay. Yeah,
1: that's why I brought it up. I was about to say, John Walker, we see at the end of the episode, him hunting down and killing the man who earlier said to Carly, looked up to Captain America as a kid and saw him as a hero. Mm hmm. have him killed by Captain America. Oh my
0: God. That's just like you saying that and I didn't put that together until you said that right now, man, that just, it like hits me on a whole nother level now. Oh my God. Like, oh man. Wow. That's see, that's, that's even, that even pushes this episode a little further forward. Like the, you know, man, that's insane. Um, yeah, but so John Walker, I've touched on that a little bit in this episode, but he so far has, had i mean again i'm you know sam and bucky are the protagonists but he has had more of a real uh, like this this journey so far this mental journey being displayed this emotional mental you know progression and it's just it's, been
1: it's sort of a hero heroes arc in
0: anti-hero yeah, yeah anti-hero arc yeah how how a man you know sinks lower and lower almost uh, over time like and because i mean we really do get so by the, for the first episode, right? We just have him introduced. We don't know anything about him. Second episode, we get to know John Walker, we get to see him in action. We get him painted as, and he, again, he is, he is a a pinnacle man. Like any, any person that would have just known him would have been like, wow, what a great guy. Medals of honor, you know, like, you know, led, led forces in Iraq, Afghanistan, you know, captain in the fort, like not, not even a captain. He was like higher rank, you know, captain is technically like a lower rank than whatever he was before. Um, but just, you know, he was the Star Spangled Man. Now he's Captain America. We see him show up and, and help Sam and Bucky. Like, he, in earnest, want, shows up, tries to help them and save them from, you know, the Flag Smashers, and then wants to join forces with them totally amiably. When they eventually get picked up and go to jail, he busts them out. And again, it's like, hey, let's work together. Like, he he seriously is working in all good good faith. Like, wants to do the right thing and work with them. And, you know, it's just it has continuously spurned and he even says to them, he's like, I, you know, hey, like I would like his two best um, Captain America's two best men to, you know, like to, to help me out here to give me like I'm the new Captain America. Give me a little bit of validation like I, you guys were his, you know, like two closest people, please, you know, like sh- sh- tell me that I'm, I'm trying to do the right thing here. And they both basically are like, you know, like, you know, in, in nicer and less nice ways of saying it, fuck off. Like, yeah. no, we don't want to work with you. Like we don't, you know, Bucky could, like directly does not accept him as Captain America. And Sam just kind of is like, we're going to do our own thing. Like he, he's, Sam is, is really more offended by the idea that he w- became Captain America sort of instead of him when he didn't really want that to happen. He wanted yeah. it to be, you know, put away. And so we get that. And then we get more scenes of Walker, uh, as I mentioned before, in episodes three and all the way into four. Just continuing to have his, you know, his faith in himself shaken a little bit, his, to be humiliated, to fail over and over again. Uh, and we even get him directly talking about kind of his insecurity, you know, as Captain America in a couple of different ways about how, you know, like I've been giving this, you know, I, I don't know if, you know, I, I have so much pressure on me. I don't know if I this is ever going to, you know, measure up correctly. And, you know, he, when him and Lamar are talking, like someone comes up and asks for an autograph and he's not even in America, he's somewhere else and this Paint, goes back and reaffirms the picture that Captain America is a symbol worldwide. That you know he is a savior and a hero to the whole world. You know whether um, you know he's in America or not, and all of that just leading up to the the failure, the loss, the lack of validation, the insecurity in himself, the you know just that continuous journey as we see it peck away at him, peck away at him more and more. We see him getting frustrated the disrespect, like that he's Captain, I, I'm Captain America. Why? You know, you you should be respecting me like I was chosen all the way down until it's that final grievous loss to have something taken from him by the people that are his enemies. Just and leading and him. in
1: a way by his own failure that he yeah. he was right there and he couldn't stop it.
0: Yeah, exactly. You know, just feeling again, like a failure to lose the one person that was truly supporting him all along the way, like really having his back and continuing to the, to keep, keep him confident. Because, I mean, really, every time he seemed to be showing a little bit of a, a – to the very first moment we see him in the locker room, he was having doubts. He didn't know. And Lamar was like, hey, you were chosen. That that uniform's for you, you know, like f- from day one. And to have that taken from him, I mean, I feel for the guy, honestly. I, I even – I think I was saying in the in the first podcast that I – I, I you know kind of like John Walker. I I mean, I thought he seemed like he was an okay guy. I didn't know where it was supposed to go, but I mean, it was definitely painting him up to be a decent dude. And yeah, we just see how he has sunk and gone all the way down. And and we've also gotten a little bit of this painting that I mean, even though we see how he's been devolving that that he kind of reveals in that conversation with Lamar that those three medals of honor weren't earned doing anything honorable. You know, and, and we can under like anybody who's heard of the atrocities of war can understand without having to know intimately. And then for maybe even some veterans, they do know inter- intimately. They're like the things you do for your duty over there are not, are certainly not always noble. You Sometimes you are have to do terrible things. Um, and all, all of this just, I mean, like I think this really does take us on such a journey with Walker. And I mean, wherever this goes from here, I mean, if this is, I, I think I understand from some of the knowing th- things about the comics that you know John Walker becomes like an anti-captain America. Like he becomes like a bad version of him and everything. But this is the most they I think Disney has done just a a fantastic job humanizing him and making us understand like if he goes on to being an evil-ish Captain America, I would you know, I, I wouldn't necessarily agree with it, but I would fully understand it. I would be like, I get why he's doing this. like,
1: yeah, I agree. i I think going forward, I can buy into what they choose to do with him, whether or not he becomes a recurring figure, or if he's just present for this series, I'm interested in that. So I now want to touch on another aspect of Captain America, or John Walker as Captain America, and that's by sort of tying him back into Carly. So I mentioned that there was this inflex point that I felt with uh, Lamar's death where it's in my belief that Carly will take from this experience and recognize the wrong that she's done and try to do better, especially after seeing that her action directly led to her friend being killed due to the rage she caused in Captain America. Whereas I think that John is going to keep going down from this. like He's not getting better the person that he needed to make him better is gone. And I think that it it makes me recognize that like the two sort of play out as like opposite arcs in this story, because notably both of them, we get tiny bits of them uh, of who they are going to be at the end of episode one. But it's not until episode two that we actually see these characters and we're getting Carly and John both developed as these people that we're inherently going to agree with and see as human beings on some level, but we recognize that their actions make them kind of bad guys. And it's basically deciding which one's going to be the bad guy and which one of them has a chance to be saved. And I think I, it, it's my belief that that's how it's going to play out. It could it could turn out that Carly goes darker and John like learns from his mistakes and maybe is able to uh, recover before he becomes the dark Captain America. But only time can tell there. I do think that they have an interesting dynamic. The two of them that I realize after this episode. Yeah, Um
0: it's gonna be interesting to see where they go from here. I don't know that, I mean, I guess you make a good point that Carly might kind of recover and, you know, come back to light almost, but I I almost don't think that she will. Um, You know, I think they're both gonna be, I think she's gonna keep being sort of in her pseudo, like, you know, good intention, but bad means. And I think, uh, you know, I I think you are right that they have almost, uh, that they show a similar sort of progression, that they both have good intentions. It's how they're ending up getting to those, so.
1: If I had to make a wild guess, I would see Carly basically sacrificing herself in some way to do the right thing at the end of the last episode, whereas John will uh, become the bad guy and be dusted aside for now. But with the opportunity to come back later, Mm -hmm. I I, I, that that's sort of what I would guess is going to play out, but we don't know for sure. And it, that si- kind of seems like maybe the most obvious thing that's going to happen, which I hope to be surprised.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: So but um, let's uh, move
0: on to Zemo.
1: Z- Zemo is, is I see. I don't know. I don't know if I remember much of him in these episodes uh, other than him being the best thing on the show hands down no question
0: I don't know about episode four being the best thing but he was absolutely the best thing in episode three
1: I mean he's the best thing in the show like just hands down well
0: you you tell me you know give me all your thoughts on him and, and why he why he's so great to you
1: I don't know like just like his. it's the first time I didn't think the writing was bad the dialogue was bad like Maybe it's just his accent or something, but, like, the things he says, like, all, like, like, so we get the sort of, like, in in the same, in episode three, we get Zemo kind of giving himself, like, the backstory that he was never given before about how he, like, actually had money and he came from stuff and he, like, researched stuff. And when he's talking about all this stuff, it's, like, this cool, like, funny quirky like villain do like revealing his plans because he has a cool accent whereas in the same episode we get Sharon sort of talking having the same talking points of like talking about what's happened with her how this has affected her and what she's been doing and stuff and like I blame it on the writing with Sharon but I imagine the writing's not so different with Zemo but Zemo just delivers it and I don't know if it's the actor I don't know I mean, I it, it I, it's probably the actor. He does a really good job. Like he just has this inherent charisma. Like even though he's a bad guy, like I forget he's a bad guy in some of the scenes when he like does something bad. I'm like, oh, yeah, he's 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 not one of the good guys. He's we can't trust him. But like, he's just so likable, mm-hmm. you know, like the, the little dancing scene in episode three, um, him putting on the mask and uh, Blowing everything up, basically saving the day, pulling around in a car, uh, doing the Turkish delight thing where he like convinces the kids to give him the information that Sam and Bucky weren't able to get. Like he's like basically when he's on Sam and Bucky's side, he sort of gets them everything they want. Like he is. He gets stuff done like he's no he knows what he's doing. He's a smart guy. He's just yeah. So I want to hear from you.
0: <laughs> so what I think they do really well are a few things. One, you're right, like his writing is very good. Um, but what I really love is that I think they take a lot of moments to show us, not tell us who Zemo is that. Obviously, there's a straight up exposition where he's like, well, I'm a baron. Like, of course, I have money and stuff like, or, you know, I'm, I'm rich and, and everything. But what I, I see a lot is I, I got the idea. And I think I fully understand from all the things we see that that Zemo is brilliant and he has a deep understanding of psychology. Um, and he uses that. He he is always a few steps ahead. We see it multiple times where he is, I mean, he he orchestrates the I mean the the whole breakout. He that was all his plan. He just needed Bucky to do one little thing for him. And he already had this whole plan done before, like uh, either it was already all in the cahoots and he had no idea that Bucky was coming to see him. So he must've just had this plan sort of ready in case somebody came to see him, in case, you know, so, so for him to execute that was like, it just shows, he he's the kind of guy that, that has a plan. He's always thinking ahead. The thing with the Turkish delight, he goes and sits down, you know, he knows that they're gonna walk around and do all this and that, but he's, he's like, oh, this is how I can find out. Maybe, maybe instead of being a guy walking around shouting, do you know who this person is? I go and I talk to these kids who I probably know her, you know, he, when, when he, before they go into the, the underworld, he says, this is what we have to do. We're going to have to uh, dress like this and act like this so that we can get through. And he was right. The, yeah, they basically all went off without a hitch until Sam, you know, because he got a phone call, messed it up. Yeah. Um, we see that he has, you know, and and he just has this complete confidence and utter surety in himself. That, I mean, with the pipe thing, he just leaves. He walks off. Nobody knows what he's doing. Oh, he shows up at the perfect place because he's thinking ahead. He's not thinking, I'm going to sit here and get in a shootout. He thinks, I'm going to move over here, go around, get a better vantage point, And then, you know, uh, to where I see them all, you know, lined up over there. I'm going to shoot this gas pipe that was behind them. Mm-hmm. So he's always thinking ahead, always moving ahead. And then we see his interaction with Sam and Bucky, where he's always kind of playing into their psychoses. He's always like, you know, he's reading people. He's understanding them. Um, and, and, you know, they said before, like he understands so many things about Hydra because he did all the research, he did all the work to understand. So we not only have us being shown that this guy is brilliant, like he, he's like an excellent villain. I mean, and and just like you said, he has a swagger, a charisma about him. We almost like him, even though he's a bad guy. But we have behind all this, that his purpose is essentially also noble. I mean, again, much like bucky who's trying to be a good guy but going through it maybe in the in the well, you know in not so great means that all all zemo wants is he wants to rid the world of super soldiers he doesn't want you know gods among men he wants it to just be men which now granted he was a baron apparently so he was a super rich guy so for him to be like i don't want there to be people above me he has a little kind of you know
1: yeah you it's know. fishy
0: yeah but I I you know, I literally he has a super soldier serum sitting in front of me, he picks one up, right? And you think to yourself, like, oh well, anybody might take it, right? Like anybody would want the super soldier, but he says, No, his principle was I I do not want this to exist. I don't want super soldiers to be a thing, I want them all to be dead. He kills the guy that makes the super soldier serum. Yeah. And he smashes all the vials that he sees.
1: I I, I specifically wanted to bring those two moments up as points where like as I watched the episode, I was like, that's exactly what Zemo would do. Yeah. Cause like it like. Because like in the scene with the scientists, you see Zemo with a gun. I'm like, oh, is Zemo gonna like try and like uh, make escape, make his escape here from them? Like, is he gonna like like shoot one of like Sam or Bucky and try to get out and like do bad stuff? No, he uses the bullet to kill the guy that can make more super serum. And I'm like, that's exactly what he would do. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. And the scene where he has the serum, like I'm looking at it, I'm like, is he gonna use it to? destroy it. Like, I don't know if he would do that. And no, he doesn't. He breaks it. He breaks all of them that he can. And it's just like such a rewarding moment because it's like, yes, that's what you would do. And
0: you you see this whole time. Zemo has not been doing what Sam Bucky wanted to do. Sam and Bucky have been doing what Zemo wanted them to do. Yeah, he's been just doing I mean, he basically they got him out of jail. And then they escorted him and assisted him with, you know, going into going to meet Selby and all these things that when he wouldn't have gotten into jail without Bucky, even though he made the whole plan, but he also probably wouldn't have. He needed a little bit of that backup. He needed them to kind of validate. He needed them to protect him from Captain America and the Dora Milaje. Yeah. People that would come after him.
1: Speaking of which, we didn't even mention that when the Dora Milaje showed up that he uh, oh. escaped. Yeah. Like and- he used the subterfuge of everybody else fighting to just make his way out through the sewers.
0: Uh, yeah. And, yeah. And so, again, he was thinking three steps ahead. Bucky tells him, hey, they're going to be here to get you later and blah, 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 blah. He's like, oh, yeah, no problem. Doesn't phase him at all. Right. He's probably already calculating. He's already like, how am I going to make sure I can get out of this? You know, he, un- he when Captain America locks him up, he uh gets himself out of the handcuffs easily and is at the right place at the right time.
1: To yeah. Too. Shoot
0: Carly Morganthal, smash the serum. You know, when they all start fighting, he already had a plan. He was like, oh, cool. Great. Boom. I'll use the distraction to slip out. He knew it was going on the whole time. What a insane, amazing villain and just done so well, perfectly.
1: What's so great about it, too, is that it like whereas like finding out that he was rich? That's new information. But everything about him sort of tracks with his capabilities in Civil War, because mm-hmm. we've already seen him being able to bring like cripple the Avengers like at a time of importance for them to not be split apart. He was able to do that before. So like, yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah, in Civil War, you you are definitely correct. It was but it wasn't so clear that he really orchestrated all these events in such a long way and was able to think, you know, so many steps ahead uh, to, to make Civil War essentially happen. But here we get to see it almost in such these macro like small ways. It's just reaffirmed. Now we really understand like this is who Baron Zemo the villain is. He is an ultra smart. Like, man, that can think ahead, that's very capable, very connected, rich. I mean, you know, so like, we see why the, he would be a force to be reckoned with as a, as a villain. And, uh, and place is just so, he's like, he's just so cool. Like, he was a cool villain. Like, I, you know, and you're right. The accent, just everything about how the character, the actor plays him, I think it, just, it just worked. He, he was definitely the best thing about episode three. And, and I, I mean, I hope he's not gone for the rest of the series. Like, I hope he pops back up.
1: I mean, I'm excited to see where he is maybe past this show because, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: Yeah, I hope it's not just resolved, like, oh, he's going back to jail by the end of the series. That would be a little bummer. I mean, I'd rather see him get another instance in a movie uh, before they, you know, if they're going to do away with him.
1: And so I'm I'm realizing now that this ended up sort of like pairing characters together. We had Sam with Bucky. We had uh, uh, John with Carly. And now I think Zemo is best paired up with Sharon, Mm -hmm. who is uh, so it's an interesting thing where I don't think her character is is bad or uninteresting or like, and I don't disagree with her. Like after the, whatever she's gone through for the past seven years, being a different person than she was when we last saw her, when we last saw her though, we didn't know much about her. There wasn't much to think of her. So her coming back kind of out of nowhere just sort of felt jarring. Like, oh, what? Oh, that's a, oh, from the Captain America movies. I remember her. Yeah. Oh, oh, this is what happened to her. Okay. It just kind of caught me off guard to like her just show up out of nowhere to me at least. And the way she just introduces herself, like it's just sort of like she's there and she's able to save them at the perfect right time and get them what they needed to do. And like she, in ways that Zemo was sort of like came is able to like get them whatever they want, whenever they want it. But at this point it doesn't feel as justified the amount of, Power that she has in this underground world, she's able to keep them from dying. Uh, she finds the scientists. She tracks down Walker. She does all these things for them, and it's like, I don't know, do you have anything to say?
0: So I mean, I think something that's similar between both Zemo and Sharon is that we basically we get them in. It's not uh, Winter. We don't get her.
1: She's in Winter Soldier.
0: She's in Winter Soldier, but Zemo's only in Civil War, right? Yeah, yeah. So, um, basically, these are these are characters that didn't really get much in those movies, right? Zemo was the villain, you know, but like he wasn't even really. I mean, he was the one that orchestrated events, but he wasn't someone that was a huge like we got a ton on him, and we got like, oh, his motivation is that you guys killed his family in Sokovia, and now he's you went through and did all this stuff and. You know, yeah, like
1: I didn't dislike him as a character. He just wasn't really developed.
0: Yeah, so exactly. We got undeveloped characters. They they were kind of introduced for their purpose in those movies. And then they're, you know, just like done. They were cast aside in Falcon and Winter Soldier, um, especially in episode three. Now we get these characters being a little more fleshed out. We get them drawn out and given a little more life. I think that if you compare these two a little bit, Zemo obviously got. I think he just was done a lot. A lot more was done well with him. But I think he is inherently. A more interesting character. He's a more interesting villain. Sharon is isn't quite. I mean, it's not like she's one of the main villains that is you know is a Baron or all these things that about her. She's just Peggy Carr's niece who was a Shield slash undercover FBI agent. You know, and now she's turned. You know, now we, we. But I I do like that for both of them. They gave them a second breath of life. They you know allowed like Sharon you know exists and has been doing things and she's actually a badass now. Like and to some degree. You kind of like the fact that they were just like, Oh yeah, I've been here building contacts. I got thrown away. I like her that they gave her some,
1: they gave her a John wick style fight scene.
0: Yes. Yeah. (laughs) She just walked around and gun food, a bunch of guys like uh, walking around shipping containers and, and that was tight. And they also made her a clearly an established, like I'm a big deal here in Madripoor, but I don't want to be here. You know, like I I, look at how I suffered from the events of civil war. No one did anything about this. You you touched on this more earlier when uh, we, we spoke about Sam. But, and, and now you, you know, but, but she's made something of herself that she is, it, it really establishes something about like how it was Zima. We see that, you know, he's always thinking steps ahead. He's very a brilliant, you know, tactician that, you know, she is incredibly capable, you know, that she, like, you know, we, we cannot, you, you can't just, um, uh, second, you know, like, like Sharon Carter might not seem like a lot, but she, I mean, she beats the shit out of like dozens of bounty hunters that are all, you know, capable with guns and, all these things. She, you know, from the bottom up, built herself up in Madripoor to be a, a force to be reckoned with. She has a satellite. And episode four, she's just like, yeah, I have a satellite. You know, I'll just track, uh, you know, Captain America, like no problem. You know, she's a, she's a, a exclusive stolen art dealer. Like that's kind of a big deal. Even if it, you know, isn't made out to be, she just throws a casual party while she's selling things. She gets them the information. She, you know, rescues them. It's, she she's basically painted out to be a badass. However, her character is maybe not quite as charismatic or interesting as Zemo.
1: So I uh, I was thinking um, uh, as you brought up Zemo. So w- the biggest flaws that I would say her character has are one. What's her motivation? What does she want? We don't know what that is right now other than maybe she wants to to return to her home in America and see her family. We're not really sure. Like, that's why she's helping Sam and Bucky, presumably, but what is her greater motivation? Like, and where is this power coming from? Like, what has she done to get there? Like, who is she working with to have that much power in Magical? And I, I definitely had the thought in my mind and I've seen it as a sort of theory online. And it kind of seems a bit too obvious, but it definitely seems like she's being painted out to probably be the power broker.
0: You know, I didn't actually have this thought during the series, but you mentioned it to me, you know, before we were doing the podcast before. And, and now that you say it, it does, it does seem like it could be a, a legitimate thing. I, I mean, I don't think it seems too obvious at this point because, I mean, it, I think in some ways, like Sharon seems like she's really well connected, but it also is like, but she seems like she's too accessible to be the power broker. Like the power broker should be some kind of like, hidden figure, maybe. But maybe that is the what they're trying to do is they're trying to be like, Oh, well, she's like hidden in plain sight, like people just think that she's just Sharon Carter, but she's really, you know, like she is like, I am Sharon Carter, just the, the stolen art dealer. But really, that's that's a front for me being something even greater than that. Like, and so so that I think that's a valid, you know, idea. She clearly has had lots of interesting I mean, I think, I guess, you know, like literally Selby gets killed. And immediately there's a text sent out from the power broker, saying bounty on these guys heads, which then pushes them right into her arms. So maybe she is orchestrating events
1: and like I I did rewatch episode three because like the first time it just didn't really leave a mark on me when they're getting out of Selby's. First of all, Selby gets sniped out of nowhere. Secondly, they're getting saved by guns firing out of windows from buildings. And then Sharon appears in the street. So who are those other guns? Yeah. Are the, presumably this is Sharon helping coming to the rescue, but so she has the power to orchestrate other people saving their lives. And so that's what tells me that there's a little, it's stuff like that. That tells me that she's probably the power, the power broker or is affiliated with him at the very least.
0: So see, here's the thing I I would think otherwise though. Why did she let them all go into? I mean, the power broker hired uh, Nagel, and if she was, or it was even directly affiliated with him, why did she let them go in here and in there and interrogate him and potentially kill? You know, like she, you know, let let somebody that would might kill him kill him. I mean,
1: and she was upset that he had done that. Like she yeah. was the one to call out, "What'd you do?" Yeah, but she probably has other ways to get the serum. Like yeah. she doesn't like the the research he's done already exists. Yeah, and and also, she owns it. Yeah. She's the power broker,
0: yeah. And one thing to actually add on to your theory, though, is that the uh, you know, when she talks to Sam in episode four and and she says, Hey, get the make sure you get the serum, Sam. Like, she she urges him, like, uh, right before she gets off the phone with him, that he needs to make sure he gets the serum. So, she's definitely, I mean, whether it's for uh different motives, she's also very much like trying to get the serum, and that's like an important thing. You know, for her. Yeah. So maybe those are just the shared motives between them. I think it'd be interesting because she does just seem like such like a, you know, in some ways, making her badass, making her capable of being the power broker. But it also seems like, but you know, it's not going to be her that's the power broker, right? Like,
1: yeah. So I think it would
0: be an interesting, cool little twist.
1: And I think it would. I think in retrospect, it would make her character more interesting Mm -hmm. if she was. If there's some like clearly there's some subterfuge happening, but to know what it is specifically, I think could pay off well. And yeah, so let's hope that this second half of the series stays as good as the first part of this half, because we only have two episodes left. Are you serious? Six episode show. What? Oh my god. Yeah, That's killing me.
0: Man. All right. Well, I mean, hey man, I guess we're done. Are
1: you serious? two episodes that and then insane. and right. then the next we're getting, I think, is Loki.
0: I guess now. Yeah, I guess now that I think about it, there are hour episodes. So yeah, know, WandaVision had 10 30 minute episodes. This has six one hour episodes. So exactly. So, all right. so Yeah, well, all's fair. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to it. I mean, four is finally delivering on the setups of uh, the previous uh, three. Uh, three was, you know, overall be- I mean, better for me than the first two. You know, I'm now I think the series is finally reaching a point where I'm really enjoying it Um, and, you know, like getting to where I expected it to be. So
1: I finished episode three and I was like, I don't know if I even want to keep doing this podcast. I finished episode four. and I was like, this show is good. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So (laughs) awesome. Well, yeah, Um, I think that's it for me. How about you, Ryan?
1: I think that's it for me.
0: Excellent. All right. Well, until next time, this has been Robert and Ryan. Have a good one, folks. Yep.